Welcome to the Financial Flight Plan with Tim Estes and Bree Reyes. When it comes to your financial future, we believe the sky is the limit. We'll give you the proper tools to keep your engine <clears throat> portfolio running smoothly. Let us pilot the answers to some of your toughest financial issues. The Financial Flight Plan starts now. Glad to have you back on the Financial Flight Plan podcast. I have been George along with Bree Reyes. She is investor coach and a certified financial planner. That's this financial services. And we're back to talk a topic that's, well, that's probably top of mind for a lot of people. That's politics and investing, how they interact, how related are they? Should you be concerned? Should you not? Bree's going to help you be a little level-headed when it comes to dealing with politics and investments. And Bree, it's not easy to be level-headed these days. It is not easy to be level-headed these days. And this is not a political discussion. I know right. that everybody has their own views on politics, and I, I want to start that off. But we're just going to talk about how politics affect your portfolio. So this isn't a, a Republican view or a Democrat view or a libertarian view. This is just truly how politics affect your portfolio. And we'll talk a little bit about the history of elections in your portfolio. Yeah, I think this will be very valuable for a lot of people, no matter where you stand, whatever you believe. Just you don't want to mix these two. And if you are worried about it, hopefully this episode will help you uh, be a little more relaxed in dealing with it moving forward. But before we get started, got to get an update. How's everything with the family? Oh, everything with the family is awesome. Nate is, I don't know if, okay, so I'm calling it spelling, but I don't know ah. if that's exactly what's, what he's doing. So I, am, I was in the other room uh, fixing dinner last night uh, or the other night. I guess it was two nights ago. Fixing. That is such a Texas word. Anyway, <laughs> I was in there working on dinner and I hear him start spelling and I, I hear S-A-T-U-R-N. <laughs> what? Oh, man. So I go in, I go into the living room to see what was going on. And my husband is sitting there with this complete look of shock and a little bit of abject horror, because at this point in time, we both realized the kid is smart, uh, which we knew, but we were been kind of pretending like we <laughs> You know, this was, you know, we're going to be okay here. And he's got this book about planets that my brother sent him for Christmas. Of course, Thank yeah. You, Andy. And um, he, and he, what he's doing is he's opening the page, pointing at each of the letters, you know, E A R T H, Earth. Wow. And then the next one, and then P L U T O, and like, and the next one. And I'm going, oh my, like, okay, so. I flipped through to some of the dwarf planets because I'm like, maybe maybe you can just recognize them. Some of these names he's not going to recognize. And we got to uh, Hamea? No, Maki Maki. It was Maki Maki. And um, we, he got to the K and he's like, this is a tricky letter. I'm not real sure about this one. So, get the K. <laughs> so later on at the end of the, you know, Maki Maki, the last K, he was like, and that's the tricky K. I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> so Keen pulls out his phone and he looks at me and goes, did you teach him to do this? Like, is this a party trick? So right. like, what are we doing here? And I was like, nope, not me. And uh, starts recording a video <laughs> of it. So, of course, the video had to go out to the grandparents of course, and yeah. the family. And so now we're, we're trying to figure out if we need to start speaking because we've been spelling. Like, you know, do you want to go to the P-A-R-K later? Just so we don't get too excited and now it's now Keen's looking at me going we're, we're going to revert back to Spanish <laughs> we're just going to have to revert to Spanish you're going to have to get your Spanish game up because this kid can now figure things out that's awesome so now I'm I'm working on my Spanish <laughs> <laughs> Nate, yeah Nate's going to be ahead of you before long probably I, I know and that's when we're going to have to switch to a, a non-romance language 
I mean, I, I at this point in time, we're just going to have to figure it out. But yep. Yep. That, that's he awesome. Can, and he loves doing it. He absolutely loves to pull the book open and now point to all the letters and tell me what they are and then figure out the word. So he's de- he's developing so quickly. He is. He is. And this may be perfectly normal, but this is our first child. And we, of course, think he's brilliant. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> we don't know any better. Well, you don't have many children that are that that uh, obsessed with planets and space and stuff. So it's pretty cool. But that's yeah, it, when you said Saturn, that's awesome. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, we love Nate on the uh, the show. We're glad to hear how he's doing, and I'm glad everything's going well. And he'll be talking and doing everything else before long and spelling his name and your name and everybody else's. Oh, no, he can spell his name. Oh, he's already on top of that. Okay. <laughs> he's Never already mind. on that. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm I, pretty soon we're going to end up having him as a guest on the podcast and <laughs> talk about, you know, planets. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, good stuff. Uh, we're always love an update about Nate and, uh, We'll look forward to the next one. I'm sure he'll be doing something new by the time we talk to you again on our next show. But let's get into this one today. And before we start, again, a reminder, you can find everything online at estesfinancial.net. You can also connect with Bree and her father, Tim, at on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Any of those platforms, they're there, and they will communicate with you there as well. So whatever is more convenient to you. And if you want to call them, you can do so as well. 817-444-8402 is that number. So go ahead and set up a time to meet with them uh, after this conversation, because I know a lot of people right now are thinking politics and well, not right now. I mean, it it seems like that's uh, really consumed our lives for a while now, but the election behind us, well, kind of behind us, Bri, I don't, you know, I don't know exactly where we stand, but the inauguration will have happened by the time this episode comes out. So we're making some progress moving forward, but a lot of people are just concerned about you know, not really what's happening in office, but how is that going to affect them, right? I mean, how is it going to impact our finances? That's what we want to talk about today, how you need to be taking this news and applying it to your financial plan and your investments, because I know a lot of people are just worried about what's happening right now. They really are. And um, there was a study in October, and, and we've had a lot of calls, especially seeing um, what happened at the Capitol at the beginning of 2021, starting just a lot of people are starting to get a little concerned. And so, um, and they were concerned before, but I think the, the level of um, fear has grown a little bit. And so the first thing I want to talk about is that election outcomes like markets are unpredictable and far less important to your investing success than you may think. Wait and see isn't a strategy for success. And the reason I say that is we can't predict future market outcomes based on current news. And we saw this really with this past election but more so with the 2016 election. I mean, you had all of the big polls out, the Huffington Post, the New York Times, all of the big polls that had Hillary Clinton winning. In fact, people were shocked on MSNBC. We also had, we've seen this in the past, where there was a newspaper printed where it was Dewey defeats Trump, or not Trump, Truman. (laughs) Right. Obviously, I've been talking a lot about politics as of late. <laughs> um, defeats Truman. So this has happened before where the pundits, everybody thought someone was going to win an election and it doesn't quite work that way. So you can't predict how the market is going to outcome based off current news headlines. And Tim just recorded a really amazing webinar on history and the presidential cycles. So returns versus the presidential cycles and the GDP. And he started with 19... 45 and Harry S. Truman, who was a Democrat. And during his first term cumulative return, we were at 35%. And his second term cumulative return, 128%. 
the jet to debt to GDP ratio was 71%. And so we've got all this historical going back to 45 that we can look at different presidents, Republicans and Democrats. He was followed by Eisenhower, who was a Republican. First term cumulative return, 111%. Second term cumulative return, 43%. The debt to GDP was down. We But we had three recessions under Eisenhower. And so we can go back and we can see how investing in the markets did under presidents, Democrats, and Republicans. And the, the big takeaway from all of this, not to steal his thunder, or um, is that our debt to GDP has grown significantly. 2017 to current, we're at 131% debt to GDP. But the markets have done well, no matter who is in office. So it's something to think about. Yeah, I think that's the most, that's the biggest takeaway is like, you know, I think everybody wants to react one way or the other. They think, hey, you know, there's gonna be more taxes with Democrats or, or whatever it's going to be with Republicans. But ultimately, you know, it doesn't impact you that much over the long run. That means some speculation short term, right? But I guess if you're sticking to a long term plan, which is what you're building with clients, it's not going to have that big of an effect, depending on who, whoever it is. Exactly. And it's all based on perspective. Because I think we'd all agree that the quality of life that we live today is, especially for those of us that are fortunate enough to live in the United States, is far superior to, you know, what they had in 1945. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't even really compare it. And we take it for granted sometimes if we think about the problems that we have today as life goes on and, and how the markets have continued to improve. And they continue to go up over time. So Really, when we look at history, and I love Tim's webinar, but the big takeaway for the first section is, and not trying to predict future market outcomes based on current news, is presidents come and go, but markets find a way to keep moving forward. Right. Yeah, with everything in life, honestly, you know, we we always just keep pushing forward, but, you know, you get caught up in the moment too often. I think that's the big problem. You just get caught up in the news cycles, especially these days. It's almost impossible to avoid it. I heard a really good and interesting article the other day about how um, you really should be limiting your news to uh, news that you can read versus news that you can watch. Yeah. Because the, the bias that you accidentally take on or unconscious bias that you don't even know you're taking on when you're watching the news versus when you read it. And the other thing that there re- a lot of therapists are recommending is limiting your news to an hour a day. Right. That's just a, to kind of not get sucked into that negative vortex. Because <laughs> unfortunately, the news, I mean, negativity sells. It keeps eyeballs on the screen. It keeps us glued to watching it. And, and that's how the news companies make money with advertising. Right. Yeah, definitely. What else should we be thinking about in terms of politics? I mean, beyond that webinar, which is online, I guess, estesfinancial.net, right? If yes, estesfinancial.net. Reach out and, t- and take a look at it. I love it. So let's not mix political party preferences with the success of your portfolio. Um, As we talked about, markets have rewarded long-term investors regardless of president or political party over the years. So long-term. So what we have to think about more so than anything is long-term. And we have to think how long we're going to live. We want to make this money last for your lifetime. So many people think in short little chunks of, okay, I've got to get, you know, I'm, I'm saving till retirement. Okay, well, then how do we turn this into a, a long-term stream of income? And that's super important because we want to make sure you're, you're not outliving your money. Yeah, that's and I, what I've heard too many people say lately is, I'm just going to wait and see how, the, you know, how, how this first term goes. And hmm. in September, Americans were hoarding trillions of dollars in cash, according to Morgan Stanley, before the election. And then I, there's a really good presentation that I saw. It's an analysis of 22 election cycles since 19, 
32, and it's three hypothetical $10,000 investment strategies. So what they found is with the average investor sitting on the sidelines, people who wait until after January 1, after the election results come out to invest, or in this case, potentially after the inauguration, (laughs) (laughs) their investments only grow, that $10,000 only grows to $14,914 at the end of a four-year holding period. Hmm. But if they had stayed fully invested, they weren't concerned about election, weren't, weren't worried about what's going to happen on Inauguration Day, just stayed in the market, that $10,000 at the end of a four-year holding period would have grown to $15,866. So it just goes to show you over time, Trying to time the market, trying to time the news, wait and see, doesn't help. It doesn't help your portfolio. It doesn't help your future. And that leads me to my third point here is your behavior is more likely to affect your retirement than any election will. And why do I say that? Because we see something called the behavior gap in a lot of our portfolios and a lot of retirement scenarios. And that is what the market does versus what the, the investor return is. And it's because we're humans. We're not data from Star Trek. Um, we operate on emotions and we operate on fear sometimes. Fear of what's going to happen, fear of change, fear of the future. And so it allows us to sometimes get, sometimes make decisions that aren't the best for us in the long term because we just need to, to quell that fear. And so that's why having a good coach, investor coach, and discipline Staying disciplined. Discipline wins every election. Discipline always wins in the long term. Staying disciplined helps your portfolio. Yeah, I think back, Bree, to uh, you know, you're talking about that discipline and just not overreacting to the news. Like even back last November or October, as I was get, we were getting close to things, I was thinking, man, I, I don't, I just, I should probably, you know, because the market been doing well, I should probably just go ahead and pull some of this money off and just. Let's just get through the next couple of months and just kind of see where we are. But then I kind of thought it back to things that you've said along the way, you know, you got to just, this is a long-term thing. Don't overreact to news. And I didn't, I just said, okay, I'm just going to stick to it and stay in it. And there was like, I guess maybe a couple of days that were bad, but otherwise this, this entire time has been a very positive run in the market. And I just think back to how much, how far behind I would be at this point in just three months versus oh. where, where I was if I had made that decision. It's incredible. And, and that's why I say discipline wins every time. The one thing I will say about what's going on and, and politics and, and your portfolio and your investments is we are going to have a need for treasury revenue. Obviously, we've got a giant deficit in this country and it's only gotten worse um, through COVID because we have the bailouts and that type of thing. And we've got aging baby boomers and our national debt is, interest is concerning me. So I think we're going to need to see a need for higher taxes pretty soon, especially Hmm. with some of the things that have been proposed. Now, some of it has been pulled off the table a little bit right now while we're dealing with COVID, but I imagine that it's going to come roaring back. And a lot of us, me included, have that ticking tax time bomb. And we talk about this every podcast, I feel like, but we've got a lot of investments sitting in things like 401ks and IRAs that we're going to need to take money out of at some point in time. And we're going to have to pay taxes on it. So the incoming administration, when they laid out their plan, their agenda, they've talked a lot. But the biggest things that I think that they've spoken about are taxes, health care, and climate change. Mm-hmm. 
And all three of these programs cost a lot. I mean, taxes are going to cost us a lot of money because we're going to have to pay them. But healthcare and pro- climate change don't come cheap. The proposal, the New Green Deal, it's going to cost roughly about $65,000 per person per year to pay for the $93 trillion that the Green New Deal is essentially right. going to cost. And that actually is probably a conservative number there. So we need to make sure that we're paying attention to rising taxes and plans and make sure we adjust our spending in light of greater taxes as we move forward. The other thing I'm afraid is we've got to look at our past obligations, things that we've already promised people, Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. They're not going away. And so we need, we're going to have to pay. Taxes are going to need needed to be collected to pay for those obligations. And so this is one thing I'm, I'm a little concerned about as we move in to this new stage of the country is making sure your plan pays attention to not necessarily who's in political office, but the realities of there are past obligations out there that we're going to need to pay for. We have national debt interest that is enormous. If I ran a negative balance in my checking account, I, I, <laughs> the bank would call me. And so we're going to have to, we're going to need more treasury revenue. Yeah, I think about two things uh, when you've gone through this whole conversation, you know, in terms of working with a certified financial planner like yourself, Bree. I think there's the first side of it is, you know, having someone that you can actually talk to during this, you know, as these things are happening to kind of confirm or maybe reaffirm your behaviors, right? So you don't overreact and act emotional during these times because it's very easy to do. But the other part of that too is to have someone now more than ever that can help you build a plan that accounts for so many moving parts right now. There's just so many changes that are happening all the time, so much news, so many headlines, to have someone that can help you build out that plan and look long-term with you. I mean, the value of that, I think, is just, it can't be replaced. Yes, it's immeasurable. So, And that's part of the reason we provide to our listeners of the podcast our ticking text time bomb toolkits. And the reason I say toolkits is we have one because a lot of our listeners are federal employees. So we have one geared specifically for their benefits and their needs. But we also have one for the average American like me that doesn't necessarily have a pension that is, you know, in charge of their own saving for their own retirement as well. And so listeners of the podcast can either call, email, reach out to us via one of social media or I think we've got a link at the bottom of the podcast page too to make sure you get our time bomb, ticking text time bomb toolkit. Say that five times fast. (laughs) And in it, we've got a book called Financial Flight Plan Book. Tim Estes, our CEO and founder, is a pilot. So everything around here has a lot of, we use a lot of plane plane puns. I'm punny that way. And so it's seven lessons to save your retirement. And we have a book geared specifically for federal employees. In it, we've got a couple of reports. These five risks could destroy your retirement. We have a tax special report in there. So there's a lot of really good information specifically addressing this ticking tax time bomb that most of us have with those that money that needs to be taxed and with what I think are going to be higher tax rates in the future. So you can find it again online, estesfinancial.net. There's, if you scroll way down the bottom of the page, there's a little contact form. You can just send it in. And if you want the federal 
employee version, just let Bree know that's the one you're looking for. But also uh, the phone number is 817-444-8402. That's an easy way to get in touch or info at estesfinancial.net. It's getting to know you time. All right, time now to uh, ask Bree a little getting to know you question. And we know that Tim's had a big impact on your life. Your parents have had a big impact on your life. But who besides your parents has taught you the most in your life? Ooh, see, I'm going to throw my entire big family out. I'm not going to pick anybody in the family because I do have family members that listen to the show. And I don't. (laughs) I love you all. (laughs) I love you all. Um, Who besides my parents have taught me the most about life? That one is sort of easy. It's two ladies, but that took care of us when mom, when we were younger and mom was a flight attendant. And so we had a couple of babysitters and one of them was Florence Koppel, or we called her Grandma Koppel, um, when we lived out in the Bay Area. And she, she was a very influential person in my childhood and in my life. And uh, she passed away quite a few years ago, a number of years ago now, but I miss her terribly every day. And I really wish grandma could have been around to see me. I think she would have loved him. So I would say Florence Koppel. She, she came into my life when I, when my, right after my parents had gotten married. So we were kind of trying to find our steps as a new family. And she took us under her wing and mothered us and, and grandmothered us, I guess, to, to Amanda and I and spoiled us rotten. And I just have very, very fond memories of her. Very nice. Very cool. Always learn something new about Brie on the show. And we always appreciate how open you are about everything as well. So uh, let's go take one mailbag question before we close out this episode of the Financial Flight Plan podcast. This one comes in to us from Victoria. She's in Arlington. She wrote, uh, my husband wants to leave a lot of money to the kids, but I've worked hard to be able to retire and I don't want to scrimp and save the rest of my life. What do you see as a reasonable amount to leave as a legacy? Ooh, this is a really good question, Victoria. Um, my view of a reasonable amount to, to leave as a legacy is my personal view, and that is enough to give your kids a step up or a, a hand up, but not enough to allow them to not work at all. You want to teach them the value of a dollar and and help them, but that's my personal view. I don't want I don't want my child to end up being a ne'er do well or party kid without without any idea of the, the value of a dollar and doesn't work. So, but I also at the same time want to afford, want him to be able to have all of the educational opportunities that he would like to participate in. So I guess my view of a legacy is more education driven than dollar driven. And that's each to his own. My parents' view, my dad's view, he would like his last check to bounce, to the undertaker to bounce, and my sisters and I to be in charge. You're paying for the final expenses, I think. And I and I really want that. I want my parents to go out and enjoy their retirement. I want them to do the things that they have haven't had a chance to do because they were working so hard for my sisters and not and I. Um and so, you know, I support that. I really, really do. So it it kind of depends. Um, you know, my parents helped me with my education and got me set up and taught me how to save and and encouraged investing and that type of thing. And so I want to be able to do that for my child. But this is a conversation I think you and your husband need to talk about. And it, and really, I think it goes back to why does your husband want to leave a lot of money to the kids? 
and there may be something there that it that he has a hang up about money. I mean, all of us have little hang ups about different things, but it sounds like he might have um, money might be important to him, but more of the why behind the money. What does he want them to be able to do with the money? And in that case, maybe it's college, maybe it's education, maybe it's planning for a first home. And once you guys talk about that a little bit, maybe you could set aside a plan that works together that allows him to feel like the legacy is there, but you to make sure you are having the life that you want to leading that abundant life that we talk about at the end of every show. I mean, that's what retirement is for. You need to be seeing the people you want to see, being the person you want to be, making the impact on the community that you want to make. And so your version of legacy might be a little different than his. And so that's a conversation I think you guys need to have. Compromise is important. Definitely. And I'm sure this is something you'd work with uh, couples a lot, Bree, right? Coming to a, establishing a plan that, that works for both of them. Well, and yes, that's, I mean, that's something we do. And normally that's why I ask why a lot of money, because normally when yeah. we start having that conversation with a couple, there's, there's a reason. There's something there that needs to be unpeeled back a little bit because- a lot of money is is great, but what do you want it for? Mm-hmm. The why is more important. Right. Good point. Well, thank you for that question, Victoria. Appreciate it. You can always send in your questions to us at estesfinancial.net or on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, however you want to uh, reach out and connect with us. You can do so on all those different platforms. So let's call it an episode there. On that note, Bree, I appreciate it. You know, I think it's just the biggest thing is don't be too emotional during these uh, political, this political climate we live in. Your behavior is more likely to affect your retirement. I think that's my biggest takeaway. So I appreciate yeah. it. Your behavior is much more likely to affect your retirement. And all of you listeners, go out and lead an abundant life.